if you have a gift, you can use it in the spirit or you can use it in the flesh. Mm -hmm. If you use it in the flesh, it's the shadow side. And what can happen with people with teaching gifts, they live in the world of ideas and concepts and, and theories. And the Bible says to be careful because knowledge can puff up. You can get arrogant, self-righteous, proud. And people who live in the world of ideas, they can become idealistic. Mm -hmm. And as a result, they can become legalistic. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the people who are saying, I have the teaching gift, put me up front. If they're, if they have proud, puffed up knowledge and or they are legalistic, um, what they're going to do is they're going to teach things that actually are going to put people in bondage, not in freedom. Mm -hmm. And so it's getting to know those people and their character. And if they're definitely gifted, but they're using it in the flesh instead of the spirit in the shadow side, it's helping correct them. And if, and here's the key, and maybe there's an interesting point, point to start. If somebody has the, if somebody comes in and says they have the teaching gift, but you don't see humility, or you see kind of a religious spirit or a mm -hmm. legalism or a haughtiness, and you correct them and they don't respond well, mm -hmm. That means they're not ready to be a teacher because they're not willing to be a student. All righty, Mark and Grace Driscoll here with the uh, EXO Real Marriage Podcast. And hey, we just wanna say thanks really for tuning in. It means a lot. I mean, your marriage is the second most important relationship that you have mm -hmm. after your relationship with the Lord Jesus and that you would give us any of your time and invite us in to hopefully be of some help is a real and tremendous honor. We wanna thank our friends uh, Brent Evans, Pastor Jimmy Evans, the team at EXO and Marriage Today, uh, our friends like Dave and Ashley Willis and others who give us the honor of trying to help couples, and we're honored to be part of the network. And uh, what we're doing is a series on spiritual gifts, finding your position on Team Jesus. And we've got a free ebook for you. It's around 100 pages. And if you've got any additional questions, we'd love to answer them. And uh, it's just our way of helping you figure out, okay, who are you? Who's your spouse? What's your divine design and what ministry might God have for you? And so this episode, we're dealing with the spiritual gift of teaching. Teaching is the ability to understand, communicate biblical truth in a clear, relevant manner so people hear and obey the word of God. Um, if you're one who has the gift of teaching, uh, you're probably a bit of a nerd. You like books, uh, you like footnotes, you like research, you like teaching and researching and illustrating and um and when it comes to the gift of teaching, some of you may have one-on-one. -on -one. You're more the counselor, discipler, mentor. Some of you may have more of a small group where you can ask good questions and draw people out in some sort of home group situation. Some of you are more classroom, professorial. You stand up and other people take notes and you present a lot of information. Some of you may be big groups where you get up and lecture to you know larger groups of people or even preaching. And, um, and the gift of teaching is one of the most prominent gifts in all of Christian uh, ministry and history. And, uh, and babe, is this a gift that you think you've got is the gift of teaching? I don't think it's a gift. It's something I have to work really hard at. <laughs> um, but I can definitely tell that God has grown that in me. I started out as a shy child, if I had to give presentations in English, I would basically get sick beforehand because I was so Did you nervous. Throw up? And, yeah. Really? So I oh, wait a minute. I didn't know this. I just learned something about my wife. I've How old said were it. you? How old were you at that time? In high school. 
You would throw up in high school just nervous to get up and speak? Yeah. yeah. How did we end up dating? I, <laughs> <laughs> I was the student body president. I know. We I, are opposite. I spoke on the mic every morning. I gave the announcements. I ran the assemblies. I spoke at the commencement. If there was a mic up front, I just assumed it was for me. <laughs> oh, there's a mic. That must be for me. And you would literally get so nervous yeah. you'd throw up? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it's, you just may you may have the gift of teaching with humility, and I may just have the <laughs> gift of teaching. Yeah. Well, I think God has grown this in me because running women's ministry has been an opportunity for that growth, and so I felt like I got put in the deep end of the pool and had to learn to swim. But um, God was faithful, and and the people were. <laughs> kind to wait for me to come along in that. But I don't know. I don't know if it was, I don't think it started out as a gift for me, but it's something that God has grown as a, in a discipline for me. So I would disagree. So we'll have a fight here on the Real <laughs> Marriage Podcast. I think you have a gift in teaching. I just don't think it's your strongest gift. And I think lots of people have multiple spiritual gifts. And because they're stronger in certain gifts and weaker in others, they have to work harder at those gifts. And so they wonder if they're gifts. Mm, okay. So like your gift of serving, how strong is that? Very. Okay. And I have the gift of being served. So it really works out well for our marriage. Uh, you, your gift of hospitality. Mm-hmm. Strong. Super strong. Gift of discernment. Very strong. Very strong. And part of it is I would say that you use those gifts earlier. So you've had more years to develop them. Some of them. Yeah. Some of them. And so, um, just to give you a historical example, one comes to mind uh, in the free ebook, we'd love to give you uh, spiritual gifts, finding your position on team Jesus. I talk about a guy named John Calvin um, and he's a great historical example, but I'd like to pivot from that. And just what comes to mind as we're having the conversation is uh, one of the most prolific, significant teaching couples where they both had a gift to teaching was Martin Luther. So he was a monk. His uh, wife was a nun until he jailbreaked her on an Easter. Um, and she had a brilliant theological mind. And so Martin Luther is considered one of the most influential Christian teachers in the history of the world. He is one of the fathers of the Protestant Reformation. Uh, his work in books like Galatians and Romans literally revolutionized Protestant Christianity what a lot of people don't know is his wife had a very significant gift of teaching as well. Mm -hmm. And so um, oftentimes when he was doing his uh, Bible commentaries and doing his research, she would sit with him. She had a very strong theological mind. When he was writing letters and books and tomes, she would sit with him and they would talk and verbal process and she had input. And we know this because as they wrote letters giving instructions to others who were leading ministries, uh, he would often say, and Catherine is sitting here with me and mm. she's helping me, you know, write this. And she says, hi. And so, I mean, I think you're looking, you know, over 500 years ago, it was not very common for yeah. a woman to be in that kind of authoritative teaching position, but he was a very strong theological mind and teacher. She was a very strong personality, strong theological mind and teacher. And God brought them together. And a lot of people wonder, why is it that Martin Luther is one of the most towering minds in the history of the world? And the issue is, well, a lot of that was, it was him and his wife together, mm -hmm. that they both had a gift of teaching and together God used that in an extraordinary way. Mm. So for you, honey, when you think of, and I'm going to say you do have a gift of teaching, um, 
one-on-one, small group, uh, classroom, large group, what would be your preferred way of teaching? As small as possible. Small as possible? (laughs) So I don't know if you guys have learned this. We're We're opposite opposite on everything. We took one of those tests and we were opposite on everything except for one thing. Our theology. Our theology. <laughs> They're like, you agree theologically. Okay. And we better not change Jesus our minds. Jesus keeps us that's, together. That's, yeah, Jesus keeps us together. <laughs> but let me, okay, so my teaching gift, I... It's to the multitudes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm allowed now. But I am a, um, I really, 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 really like to study. Mm-hmm. So maybe from the flip side, for those that are listening, if you've got a spouse who really does have a gift of research and teaching, what is it like to be married to that person? What do they need so that they can grow in their gift? Well, for you, I mean, it depends on the person, but for you, you need a space that you can do that, that you feel... A study. Yes. Um, You need resources. For you, you started collecting those early on in ministry um, with the used bookstore that you worked at, and they had a theology section, and you just started buying off old pastors' um, books. And so resources, you also use um, Logos Bible software. And yeah, and so just quiet place if that's needed or a loud place like you like to play country music while you study. Um, So just a full disclosure, I have got, I've, (laughs) I've, I've had for years an office at the church, but then a library or a study at home. And the purpose of the library or study is to hold my books. So I've got, maybe 5,000 books on the shelf. I got rid of thousands when we moved and I've got way more than that on my laptop, particularly through Logos Bible software, which we love and use all the time. And it needs to be a designated spot where I can lay out books and research and study and nerd not, out. Not have to pick it up, you know, no, leave when it someone as a comes. Mess. Or, yeah. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and I keep a pretty clean office, mm-hmm. uh, but I like having my books out and stuff. And you are right. I don't know why. I don't have a verse for it. I like to study and have music really loud. Mm-hmm. So if it's I, all of us, I don't know what happened since we moved to Arizona. Hardy, Chris Stapleton, Jason Aldean, a lot of bro country, really, <laughs> really, really, really loud. Uh, for you, when you study, your environment is very different. Mm-hmm. We study very differently. You have to have quiet. You have to have quiet, which I don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't need a study. You like to study on the couch. Couch. We recently had a conversation about that. Um <laughs> And so even the way that we study is very, very different. Uh, for somebody who has the gift of teaching, what this means is then you're probably going to need to factor into your budget software and books. Mm-hmm. That's just going to need to be part of it. And some people will have a man cave or they'll have a sports den or they'll have a, you know, an entertainment room. If you have the gift of teaching, you want a library or a study. Or a she shed, I think they call them they for call women. Them a she shed? <laughs> I don't need a she shed. We'll get you one of those. Um, and you may not understand. You know, and sometimes it's like, well, what do you need that money for? Well, that's my spiritual gift is teaching. So I need to study. What do you need that square footage for? Well, I need a library to study. And if you have the gift of teaching, then studying is an act of worship. Yeah. It's where you feel connected and close to the Lord. It's where you feel uh, God's presence and it's a sacred time. Mm-hmm. And so 
rightly used, the gift of teaching is taking all the things that God has poured into you that you're excited about, and then it's the excitement of pouring that into someone else mm -hmm. so that their soul can be nourished and fed and blessed and helped. And um, and other people need to be able to understand too, not just you teaching and nobody gets it. There needs to be <laughs> an understanding by your audience yeah, if you if, truly have a gift. <laughs> if you think you have the gift of teaching and no one ta knows what you're talking about, <laughs> you're just crazy. And we have met those people. So yes. maybe some of the questions to discern, okay, is that my gift? Is that my spouse's gift? Uh, so do you enjoy imparting biblical truth to others? Uh, when you teach to people, get it, like I just said. Uh, when you see someone confused in their understanding of the Bible, do you feel a responsibility to speak to them about it and help them understand? Do you do people seek you out for answers to their questions and help with biblical and theological questions? Um, it's really, yeah, it's helping people dig deeper so that they can have a deeper relationship with Jesus. And if you've got the teaching gift, people with questions tend to find you. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> They're just like, hey, can we do coffee? I got to run this by you. Let me shoot you a call, text, and email. I, what about this? What about that? They just You just tend to be the one that they ask, mm -hmm. which probably means you've got a teaching gift yeah. that people find you. And part of it as well, when you answer their questions or you recommend the right book or the right verse or you explain something in the Bible, you're super excited about it. Mm -hmm. and one of the ways that you know that something is your spiritual gift is even if it's not easy for you to do, it's joyful for you to do. Yeah. There's an enthusiasm there. It's like, God made me to do this. And when I do this, I really feel good about that. And so if you're the teacher, when you see the light bulb go on and somebody gets it, uh, you're just like, that was the best. Yeah. And it's super, super, super exciting. For those that have the gift of teaching as well, you're probably gonna need some money in your budget to buy other people Bibles, resources, study tools. That's part of your love and your giving. And uh, I would say as well, if, if one of you has a teaching gift and the other doesn't, um, then figure out how as a couple that the one who has the teaching gift can help the other one learn mm -hmm. without feeling ashamed or embarrassed or lesser than. Yep. Um, and if you have kids, the one who should kind of be helping architect the discipleship of the kids is the one with the teaching gift. Yeah. Just use whatever gifts that you have got. For those that have a gift of teaching, honey, even walking into church, what would be some areas for them to look and to be serving in ministry? Um. I mean, kids ministry, they always need teachers. That's a great place to start if you feel like you're in the f forefront of learning. Mm -hmm. um, there's, you know, side ministries of women's or men's or students. students or life groups at home, or it just depends on what level you're interested in, you know, getting plugged in and not every place has that opportunity. But um, there's also uh, just testimonies. You can share testimony at different things. I mean, it just depends on what the church is needing. A lot of churches have Sunday school classes where those mm -hmm. that have a more formal teaching gift will have a class. Mm -hmm. um, as Grace said, kids ministry always needs help. And uh, if you don't have kids yet, go practice on somebody else's <laughs> before you get your own. Um, but it can be, there is something really, really wonderful about building a relationship with some young kids and teaching them about Jesus. Yeah. I mean, you're laying a foundation for the rest of their life. Mm -hmm. And if it's poorly laid, it'll come with some negative consequences. If it's rightly laid, it's a real blessing. So in addition to the spiritual gift of teaching, then the question would be, who do you have a burden for? Some of you love kids. Mm -hmm. That would be you. You love kids. Mm -hmm. uh, some of you love middle school kids. Some of you love high school kids. Some of you love college students. Some of you love 
young adults who are trying to figure out career and marriage. Some of you love young married couples. And uh, some of you love um, just adults that are more theologically inclined. Mm -hmm. Whatever your uh, gifting is, it usually comes with a passion. Yeah. Like I think of some couples in our church that they just have a big heart for home life groups. And, you know, sermon-based small groups is what we do. They have the gift of teaching and they want to have everybody over for dinner, which probably means that one of them has the gift of hospitality. And then the other, so I'm thinking of a lot of the couples, one has the gift of hospitality. They set up the whole house and set up dinner. And then the other has a gift of teaching and they lead the small group discussion and and prayer and answering questions. And, And so it's just trying to figure out how do you as a married couple figure out your gifts and work together. Yeah. And we've got some couples in our church that they just have a heart for marriage. And so they always want to help teach the marriage class, the pre-marriage class and get the couples set up. Uh, some have a parenting heart. They're like, we just really want to help parents get their kids going north. And so they want to serve in a parenting class. And if you have the teaching gift, there may be some holes in your church that you look at and you go, why don't we teach that? Why aren't we filling that? That may be why you're there. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, your frustration in your church is God's calling for you to minister in that area to fix the problem. Yep. And so even if you have the teaching gift and you look, you're like, we're missing this. Okay, maybe that's God showing you what he's calling you to do with your teaching gift to fill that hole. Yeah, and I think a caution in that too is, I know for me, when women come in and want to teach, I make sure that they have served in other areas or at least attended women's ministry for a season so that they're not just coming in and getting on the platform. (laughs) Um, I need to build trust with them. I need to kind of see who they are. So just because you say you have a gift doesn't mean you get to just walk in and do that gift right now in that place, especially with the teaching gift. Yeah, because it's an upfront gift. We need to get to know you before we put you up front. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very careful about that. And with the gift of discernment, I can, God, you know, gives me the ability to um, determine who would be good for that gift or not. But there's all the nice thing about the teaching gift, like we talked about is there's all kinds of places to practice it where I didn't want to do large groups. And God has grown me into that to be able to speak to more women. But I really liked one-on-one or small groups, and that was kind of my sweet spot. But you may have, you know, all different varieties of gifts in within the teaching gift. So just figure out what that is with the Lord and, and who you have a passion for. Well, and in closing too, honey, you bring something up to support, and that is that every gift has a shadow mm-hmm. side. Yep. Meaning if you have a gift, you can use it in the spirit or you can use it in the flesh. Mm-hmm. If you use it in the flesh, it's the sh- shadow side. And what can happen with people with teaching gifts, they live in the world of ideas mm-hmm. and concepts and, and theories. And the Bible says to be careful because knowledge can puff up. Mm-hmm. You can get arrogant, self-righteous, proud. And people who live in the world of ideas, they can become idealistic. Mm-hmm. And as a result, they can become legalistic. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the people who are saying, I have the teaching gift, put me up front, if, they're, if they have proud puffed up knowledge and or they are legalistic, um, what they're going to do is they're going to teach things that actually are going to put people in bondage, not in freedom. Mm-hmm. And so it's getting to know those people and their character. And if they're definitely gifted, but they're using it in the flesh instead of the spirit in the shadow side, it's helping correct them. And if and here's the key, and maybe there's an interesting point, point to start. 
if somebody has the, if somebody comes in and says they have the teaching gift, but you don't see humility or you see kind of a religious spirit or a mm-hmm. legalism or a haughtiness and you correct them and they don't respond well, mm-hmm. that means they're not ready to be a teacher because they're not willing to be a student. Right. And the key to being a good teacher is being a good student. Mm-hmm. And if you're not willing to be corrected and instructed, then you're not ready to correct or instruct anyone right. else. And so for those of you that have the teaching gift, if you've had a lot of conflict, what you can do with the teaching gift, you can turn into the critic where you listen to the sermon and you hear everything that's wrong. You go through the book, you read everything that's wrong. And that may indicate something in your soul is broken, not just that you have discernment, but that your teaching gift has turned into a critical spirit. Yeah. And at that point, you're seeing what's wrong in the teaching of others, not seeking to teach rightly yourself. Mm. And as someone who has that gift, I'd warn you about it. Next episode, we're going to talk about um, evangelism. And what if you or your spouse really have a heart for non-Christians and lost people? Mm -hmm. How does that work in your budget, your schedule, your home and your time? Uh, Honey, maybe you just close this session in prayer and we'll see you guys in the next episode. Okay. Dear Lord, thank you for the gift of teaching so that we can know more about you and your word. I pray that people would use this gift rightly, that they would use it to bless and build the church and not to bless themselves or build themselves up. Lord, I pray um, for all of us as we teach and even in this podcast as we're teaching, Lord, that we would do so with humility and encouragement of others. So Lord, as they seek you, I pray that they would hear from you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.